All right. So welcome, uh, Diana Chipotle, <laughs> who's the dean of, of uh, career and technical education. And um, you, you can introduce folks, and we're really looking forward to it. We'll yeah. probably lop over the extra. I think the, the chair said, you know, we'll give you back seven of the 15 that we've eaten. I'll be quick. <laughs> um, I will actually introduce two people that are here from my division, actually. Merrick um, McKeague, McKeague, sorry, Merrick. He is the coordinator and faculty member in our hospitality culinary program. And Charlie Monahan is our director for economic workforce development. All right. So our CTE division update. Woo! We could spend hours if I was to tell you everything that we're doing, but you might not find it as quite as exciting as we do. Um, first, I just, because I can't help myself, want to make a little bit of the case for CTE because sometimes it's still not as shiny or flashy in the media, but what we find is that um, two-year degrees and industry credentials make those students, when they enter the workforce, make far higher salaries than those individuals with four-year degrees. And there's tons of data. If you ever want to see a whole bunch of stuff, we can get that for you. Um, The other thing to think about is that one in 15 people who attend a community college already have a bachelor's degree. And in some community colleges, it's one in five. I know you're asking why. Because they come back to the community college to get the skills they didn't get when they got their four-year degree. And those are technical skills, upskilling for the workforce, or preparing for their career. Also, feel free to interrupt. Just, you know, shout out if you have a question. Um, So I wanted to clarify what academic departments are not in this division. Health occupations, human services, public safety, and photography. Those programs are in other divisions. Health, Oc, and public safety are all in um, the same division, and photography is in our ARA division, our arts and humanities. They don't let me have public safety and health. Hmm. (laughs) But I have all these, and I would argue these are the best. So these are the academic departments in this division, accounting, business, which includes entrepreneurship, um, child family studies and education, digital design, graphics technology, hospitality, culinary, LGBT studies, machine tool tech, welding tech, and viticulture and winery technology. Of those divisions, I just wanted to point out the coordinators in these programs have only been at our college in these programs for the last four semesters, counting this semester, which is not done. The somewhat exception is the CFS one in that Faith Smiley is a retreating administrator. So she has been at the college for a while, but she's just been back into that program in the last four semesters. And I would tell you that a lot changed while she was gone in the way we have done some of the things um, in our programs. In these four programs or departments, the faculty have been here less, oh, Lord, this is not the updated one. That should say less than last two semesters. Um, So these are brand new faculty in these programs. So the business entrepreneurship faculty member is actually a full-time leave replacement. She's actually been here like three months as a full-time faculty. And then our machine tool and our, um, in our viticulture program, Molly um, Hodgins is our um, vineyard coordinator, and she's only been here since fall semester. 
So we have some relatively new faculty. And those faculty have all been charged with doing some cleanup. As you know from all the accreditation reports, we've been doing some cleanup with our assessment. In our division alone, we have archived 32-plus antiquated or idle courses. We have archived idle degrees and certificates, and those are ones that no one's getting. They aren't applicable anymore. Some of them we weren't sure why we had them originally. <laughs> um, they've updated program and course learning outcomes. They've revised countless classes, and um, they have developed some needed certificates within their programs. So what I want to do is just talk about some of the highlights. So I won't talk about every program, but just some kind of key highlights. First is the business program, which includes entrepreneurship. We are in the process of hiring a tenure-track position, which hopefully, based on closed session, will be um, affirmed tonight at your meeting. Um, we currently have a full-time leave replacement in that program who has done extensive curriculum work, is building our entrepreneurial program, and is also creating some very strong um, connections with our local community. In fact, in one of that person's classes, she sent um, emails to all elected officials telling them that her students had to do some research. And was there any research that they could um, or would be interested in having her students do for them? So she did get some replies. So our students are doing some real work and research um, that has um, some validity within our county and our community. Child and Family Studies and Education Program, we are still waiting for our final approval from the Chancellor's Office for our transfer degree for elementary teacher education. We have worked on developing a much stronger and firm connection with our Child Development Center to ensure continuity in the lab, which means what's happening in the Child Development Center is what's being taught in the courses. And we are linking with local school districts and their La Promesa programs. The La Promesa programs... Um, Calistoga High School already has one, and Napa Unified is looking at having this program at three high schools in fall semester. And what that is is they also link with Sonoma State, and for teachers, for excuse me, for students within those high schools that want to be teachers. And primarily for Napa Unified is bilingual teachers, so teachers that will hopefully, the goal is come back to the community in which they have grown up and teach and be bilingual as teachers. And so we are linking with them and hopefully with our associate degree and some of our courses that we have that are part of that degree as dual enrolled courses. And we are also looking at developing a single subject teachers um, pathway from our high schools up to our community colleges. And we hope to have some clear pathways for students that want to teach single subject in our high schools. Hospitality culinary. We have created some courses, some brand new rolling out this summer, line-level positions um, in industry. So those um, courses, Merrick actually has worked diligently on developing them in direct response to what our industry partners have requested and what they tell us they need for their employees. We are also working on, or I should say, we Merrick's actually doing all the work. <laughs> Merrick is working on developing some new courses to help enrich the program and refine it. And there's a course in the works um, that he is developing, and, and you're calling it culture and cuisine, culture and cuisine. So um, 
it looks like actually to be a really excellent class. And Merrick was actually part of a statewide group that worked on transfer model curriculum for the culinary and hospitality program. And he will be um, aligning his program to match that. But what will be very simple for Merrick is because he was such a strong participant in that effort, it's pretty much based on what Merrick has already developed. So the rest of the state will actually be emulating what he has done. And the other thing I want to talk about is Merrick. So we have been, um, as an institution, remodeling the old cafeteria kitchen and making it a culinary kitchen and classroom for the hospitality culinary program. And the reason I want to talk about Merrick is he has put in countless hours in that kitchen. And there is no way anyone could ever begin to thank him enough or um, compensate him actually probably enough for the work that he has put in in um, arrangement of space and actually doing work, painting, hanging stuff. And so after he teaches all day, he'll work in that kitchen area for several hours afterwards. So really that that program and the work that's been done, he has not only... Um, developed it and done much um, effort curriculum-wise, but also is literally developing the space for that program. Well, they're different. They're different schools. So the culinary aspect of the hospitality culinary program at this campus will be for line-level people that want to work in a kitchen at kind of a mainstream restaurant. The Upper Valley, the cooking school, that is for high-end I want to be a chef at um, Greens or, isn't it called Greens? I don't eat at those restaurants. <laughs> I just drive by them and, you know, wave. But um, so it's a very different skill set. Does that make sense? Yes. And hopefully in the process as we build this one, there'll be some, some cross-collaboration and also student referrals. So we may get students in this program that think, oh, maybe I like that, that are skilled. And Merrick may say, hey, we have a premier cooking school up Valley. Let's, let's get you connected there. I think that was more my question, oh, is okay. that the collaboration, what is the collaboration between the two? Or, and I think that answers it, is that there could be that collaboration uh, down the road like that. Yes, mm-hmm. Absolutely. We also, you know, the Viticulture Winery Technology Program, we are working on getting started on, as you know, because you approved moving forward on that capital campaign. But they've also done a lot of program refinement and expansion. We are purchasing some new equipments for the vineyard. And I always get the names wrong, although poor Molly has explained them to me many times, but we're getting a disc a disc plow, and another thing that's so that you don't have to, um, <laughs> so it weeds under the vines without hurting the vines. That makes sense. I'm going to have to take some classes, but, you know, I don't want to take the new faculty member and ask, if can your dean be in your class? Sometimes that's always a little, a little intimidating, I know, although I'd be the most ignorant student there. <laughs> All right. So we also include other things in our division. By the way, this piece of equipment is a tool that we have in our machine tool tech program. We have a small business development center. So just out of curiosity, do any of you know what that is? 
I see a couple nods. All right. So this center, it covers both Napa and Sonoma counties, and it primarily focuses on entrepreneurs and business owners. It's one-on-one advising. So if you are thinking about starting a new business or have a business and you need some advising about how to maybe find loans for your business or you need advising on staffing and Actually, Charlie has was our SBDC director for many years. Um, Charlie's done everything in our division. <laughs> um, the d- advisors can meet with you individually to do that. And it also offers trainings and workshops. And the trainings are um, things like it can be some sort of a skill like QuickBooks, how to do budgets and stuff for your business, tips training, those kinds of courses. Did you want to add on at all, Charlie? Okay. So it's very, they do some really cool stuff. And Bob is going to work with us to um, change the way we enroll to make it as more streamlined and quicker. So, question? Yes. Did you have? Oh, your question. Okay. I was going to say it's the same kind of nexus that transfer between SBDC consult, you know, consultative clients and our classes is the same thing. So the food truck yes. people came out. We'll recognize they don't know have enough entrepreneurship and then take it and then take culinary, right? So yes, and that one of the things that we'll start doing once we get our um, registration process a little bit more streamlined is for students that are in some of our classes, like in our business program or our hospitality culinary program or our viticulture program. When there is a workshop at the Small Business Development Center that seems applicable to what they're studying, that may be of interest to those students, we're going to also kind of let them know, hey, have you thought of taking this workshop over here at the SBDC to support what you're learning in your classes? And vice versa, there could be someone that comes to a workshop at the SBDC that had never really thought about going to college and maybe getting a degree in their field of, of, um, of their business and this might be kind of a, a launch board to get them through the educational part of the program. Do we have uh, entrepreneurs, people who are in the business community that are advising or anything like that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We actually have some really stellar people. Um, well, first of all, Charlie does has done a lot of advising, and it is amazing. And then I want to give you a little success story. So um, the owner at, um, one of the owners at Napa Valley Bistro actually utilized many of our classes in our one-on-one advising and has been very successful as a result of it. We also have what's called a deputy sector navigator for a small business. Does everyone know what a deputy sector navigator is? All right. So out of the Doing What Matters for Jobs and the Economy initiative out of the chancellor's office under Yvonne Tonquin Levon, the vice chancellor, We have sector navigators for key industry sectors, so small business, um, hospitality, um, global trade and logistics, advanced manufacturing, and each of those sectors have what's called deputy sector navigators that are located throughout the state. At Napa, we house the DSN for small business. And one of the things that that does for us is it, because that person serves 14 colleges in the North and East Bay, that person has access to effective practices that those other colleges use. And so we benefit from that person's um, experience and connections with those other colleges. And that individual also helps align us with our workforce training and our career pathways.
keeps us kind of connected with that sector. We also have a Career Pathways Trust grant that um, Carrie um, roughly is working on, and Charlie actually helps with that. It Kind of the general focus of that is to connect our high schools with our college for the purposes of articulation and to facilitate pathways development from our high school to our colleges. So um, do you all know what articulation is, or would somebody like me to explain it? Anyone want me to explain it? Okay. So articulation is that there's a course at the high school that is similar enough to a course at the college that we have decided to articulate. And when I say we, what I really mean is the faculty of that program have said, yeah, that course looks similar enough to my content. We can articulate this course. So when the student takes that course at the high school, they have the option to earn simultaneously credit for the college course that's articulated with the high school course. Does that make sense? Okay. And then the pathways are, and pathways are everywhere right now. You kind of hear them open anything in this, in education, and there's pathway, guided, random, I don't know. So it's just the word, everyone says it, but but the, the pathway is supposed to be at, uh, helping those high school students when they choose a path, hopefully that's guided by the career they would like as opposed to um, other things that may ch- they may choose, like rather than the college they want to go to or what class they want to take. But what is the career that they want? What courses at the high school might they take that prepare them to take the courses at the college level that will kind of lead them to that career option? So what the research shows us is that high school students that take CT classes are more likely to graduate, they complete post-secondary training at a higher rate, and they find employment at the end of their education at a higher rate than those that do not. This, by the way, is a picture of my um, high school class in a dual-enrolled class at New Tech High School. They, um, <laughs> one of the things that I do in this class is I set up a preschool classroom for them, and they have to use the tools. And they really liked the um, foam, the colored foam paint. And, and you know, high, schools, high schoolers are not much different than college-age students when you put paint out there. They look at it for a little while, and they're like, oh, what's that? try it. What do, you, what do you find out? So they all started with like the, you know, other kind of manipulative more stuff. And, and then one person touches it. It just takes one. And then they all, like they were literally like elbow deep. And then if you can see some of them have it on their face. So they, they actually did a really good, a really good job exploring the um, paint. And then we take it and we turn it back around. And what, what are children learning from this experience? So what we have done is we are working on a Pathways portfolio. So this portfolio, we hope to have it actually written and bound that we can give to high school counselors, college counselors, and also so that we can have separate sheets to give actually to students and to take to high school career days. But what they'll look like is something like this. So at the very bottom where it says high school, you'll find the courses that we have already articulated and the high schools for which those courses articulate with. 
Also, we'll put down their courses that are dual enrollment recommended. Does anyone not know what that is? Do you want me to explain it? Explain it. Okay. <laughs> um, so a dual enrolled class is a college course in which a high school student enrolls in. So that can be an online course. They just enroll in an online course. It could be they come to the campus and take a course. It can be the high school day has ended and we offer the course at the end of the day and high schoolers enroll in it. It can be a high school course that's offered, a college course that's offered during the course of the high school day. Legislatively, they're all called dual enrollment. Some regions and districts in the state um, use concurrent enrollment synonymously with dual enrollment, and some use concurrent enrollment and define it differently than they define dual enrollment. However, that difference is often defined oppositely in other districts. So it's most simple, I have found, if you just call it what it is, dual enrollment, and then clarify how you're offering the course. But essentially, it's a high school student enrolled in a college course while they are simultaneously taking high school courses. The other thing we would put in that space is if we were, had boot camps for that um, pathway. And boot camps actually is Charlie's term for taking a college course that's appropriate, condensing it into a short time frame, having an intense week or two of that course, and then... Um, being done with it, the course. So we are offering three this summer, and I have them a little bit later, and I'll talk about them. So that will be at the bottom of these forms. In the middle, what will be in the middle section there are stackable certificates and degrees. So we will kind of scaffold up in all the programs courses that, course groupings that lead to different certificates and then up to degrees. Over on the left side, we will put industry certifications that are recognized for um, the industry that that pathway leads to. Some of those certifications, for example, in welding, um, Eric Wade, who is our welding coordinator, will have a certification day on campus, and they're offered right here. Students can test for that certification on our campus. In some, that certification is not offered here. Students would have to take certification from a third party or apply for certification from a third party. On the right side will be a list of, of possible jobs or careers. Clearly it won't be an exhaustive list, but it will give an idea to students of how they might consider moving through the program while simultaneously entering the workforce. Since we know a lot of times in CTE, People come and take enough to get an entry-level job, and then they work for a little while, and then they come back and they build their skill so that they can promote or earn a higher wage. So there's a lot, many exit and entry points often with CTE programs. At the top will be transfer options. So if we know that these two-year pathways lead right into a um, four-year degree somewhere or four-year options, we will also list those on the document. And then at the top will just be contact information for people that want more information. And then on the back, what we will put is um, labor market information for students, um, projected job growth, some sample salaries that students might expect. And then in the bottom part of that page, we'll do a spotlight, um, a success story on one of our students. This particular student 
Deanna is actually engaged in dialogue with Eric Wade in our welding program. There's no words. In the final document, there will be words. Questions on that? So this is obviously like a, a print flow chart, more or less. For yes. Um, is there going to be an effort to put this online as well? Like, you know, click yes. here, almost like a choose your own adventure kind of thing? Yes. What we'll probably end up doing is putting the ones that are appropriate for each program on their own program pages or department pages, and then also the division will have the entire document on them. And as you're saying that, I'm thinking we should probably also put links to things like um, the Roadshow, um, Salary Surfer, and all of those so that students can do kind of a full um, exploration of what's out there. Do you, do you know, um, just talking about pathways, now that um, the college has made it a requirement for the students to get the nursing assistant uh, be certificate before coming here to do the, the RN or the LVN, do you know, are we going to, Will that be coming to the college so there's a clear pathway from beginning to end in terms of nursing? Well, is there an effort to do that? I do not know the answer to that because nursing is in a different division. But I should learn that so that I could answer it because I'm sure you won't be the first person to, to ask me that question. But I'm not sure. I don't know if Eric knows the answer to that. Um, I don't know. Is there, is there any way we get an update on the consortium meetings, like what's kind of being moved from adult ed to here and vice versa? So I know that's, the, it, that's the work adult with ed adult, right now. The work with adult ed is actually still going very strong. And they are, the adult ed project, one of the pathways is actually culinary. And we think that one of those, um, we've changed the name, but one of those paths will start this summer in culinary. I guess I was thinking, because right now they're kind of working out what will be there and what will be here. Yes. And that's at the adult school currently. But now that it's a requirement for our nursing program. I was just wondering if there's an effort to get it over here so it's all in one place, that whole path. Not we, that I've heard of. Let her finish her. Okay. Yeah. Since this is not on that, can we finish this presentation? Sorry. I... So we also have the Youth Entrepreneurship, Entrepreneurship Program, and this provides training and resources for our youth. It helps students in classrooms for all things entrepreneurial direct support in those classrooms, and also creates opportunities for those students to explore business ideas and small business startups. But the most exciting part is that they do a business plan competition, and Ron actually was a judge this year. I don't know if you've been a judge every year, but um, this is a picture actually that was taken from our winners from this um, spring's competition. Our college division first place was Benefit Biscuits Dog Treats. And the first place for the high school division was Connor Day's Photography. And it's hard to see that's Connor and his mom next to him. And Connor actually took um, pictures at the event that I'll talk about in a minute. So it's pretty exciting. Oh, two minutes. i got to go faster. Okay, ready? I'm going to talk fast. All right. The Hospitality Symposium. This is where Connor took pictures. This... Um, Jason Jagu is the one of these starters of Bottle Rock, and he did a keynote that was actually so fabulous. Next year, if you were not there this year, you should go. Uh, the Hospitality Symposium is actually the child of Charlie. His brainstorm started about 12 years ago. It is a fabulous event. I have never been at it before, but it was excellent. It is a wonderful collaboration between 
our division, the Upper Valley Campus and the Napa Valley College Cooking School. And the picture, if you don't know, that is our chef at the cooking school, Barbara. So she is an amazing teacher. And since it was a symposium, I thought I should show you the food. And our students, our hospitality students, did an exceptional job. They were flawless. And I wanted to show Valerie Bible because Valerie works very quietly behind the scenes. And if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't be able to do even half of what we do while it's relative to the um, other aspects I've just showed you. So where are we going? Advisory committees. As you may or may not know, every CTE program has to have an advisory committee. We are going to change the way we do it. We have done it for years, like many colleges. Each program has their very own advisory committee. We will be combining like skill sets. So rather than having a welding, a machine tool, a DGGT, we will have one advisory committee that's industrial tech. So we will be doing that for several of our committees. We will also be inviting high school faculty in those programs at the high schools and county office of education individuals to join our advisory committees. You'll be seeing those lists soon because they have to come to you to be approved. We are also working on regional joint ventures with other local colleges in the areas of agribusiness, hospitality, industrial tech, drone education, which will link to ag and business, and expanding our own college's makerspace. It's kind of a repeat of something we said earlier. I mean, a couple months ago I had told you about it. Boot camps. This summer we are doing three boot camps. Business, which will be two business courses. Hospitality, which will be our culinary courses in our new culinary kitchen. And health occupations will be one health ox um, course. They are geared toward high schools, high schoolers, but anyone is welcome to enroll in them. We also will be having an innovation, innovative training for the future on the new world of work, 21st century employability skills training. Charlie has worked at organizing this, and we are have invited a couple of other people on campus who have mentioned that they want to help their staff with soft skills, since this is what this is, and it's a train-the-trainers um, training. Brewing. I'm throwing it up here. It's in the paper. I get lots of questions. So here we go. So we do have a class on the books called Business of Brewing. It is a community education class. That's called in, in, in our title regulation, it's called a not-for-credit class. It's approved through our curriculum process. It goes on the curriculum agenda as advisory or information. And it did go through our process actually back in fall of 2015. So it is not new in the world of CTE. It does not earn apportionment. It's not supported by the general fund. No units are earned by those that register and take it. It has to be self-supporting. And what that means is anyone who enrolls in the Business of Brewing class, the cost for that enrollment is the full cost to the institution of offering that. And so student fees must cover the entire cost of the course. So I get asked this a lot about new programs, some things to consider. So we always have to consider where is the request coming from. Is it a random person that you ran into on Safeway? 
Um, is it the labor market? Is it industry? So we have to think about where's the request coming from because we have to research if that request is substantive enough to support researching developing a new program. When we develop a new program, we have to consider the labor market information. If there is no labor market support, meaning students that take that program will not get jobs because nobody hires that people in that, with that training, it, it, we cannot offer that course or that program. It doesn't serve the institution to offer that as a credit course. We could do a training. Colleges can always do training. We could put, to a, put together a training and offer it for that cost, so, sort of like the community ed course. We could do that. But to be a program on the campus or a department, you have to have that LMI to support it when it's a CTE program. And the cost, the cost to develop it and the cost of operations. So developing... Um, Developing, know, developing an early childhood program is much cheaper. He's going to cut me off. I'm going to go. Then developing a tractor program. Are you ready? There you go. One last thing. I am putting together in my division uh, what I'm calling a CT innovations team to talk about um, getting out of our box and what we can do that's new and innovative in our program to increase our student success and completion in the programs we have and or adjusting what we are currently offering. That's it. And there is no time for questions.